this band is ancient, so let's just jump straight in because it's going to be very, very long. Off person no one remembers, Metallica is here with a new album. Hi people and hello my Chili Con Carnage crew, it's Chili here from 5 Minute Reviews and on this episode we're going over Metallica's newest album, 72 Seasons. 72 Seasons? Oh Metallica, you've been silly. There aren't 72 seasons in a year, there's only 4. Except with the extreme conditions we're having, it feels like that way. Am I right people? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood. Wait, 4 years by decade, divide that by 7, introduce a flux capacitor. Bing butt! Guys, I think Metallica is trying to tell us something. <laughs> well, Papa Hetfield himself has told us about the album's title. 72 seasons, the first 18 years of our lives that form our true or false selves. The concept that we were told who we are by our parents. First of all, out of all the thousands of reviews on this album that will be out by now, I thank you for watching mine. Metallica is the biggest heavy metal band of all time, and as such, there are a plethora of people who are willing to give their feedback on this album, including me. It's been one of the easiest and hardest albums to gauge from the public's point of view, and also for myself to review. This is mostly because Metallica is my favourite band of all time, but on the other hand, I must give my opinion on this album. Do I fanboy over it, or will I be super critical? Hmm, uh, why don't we flip a coin and that'll decide for me. Of course I'm joking, but I will try to tread between these two worlds on this review. Four singles, 12 songs, and a runtime of some 77 minutes. Metallica have kept busy during the lockdown. Kirk Hammett has become the first Metallica member to also record a solo album as well, with his EP Portals, released last year. And Kirk suggested around the time that he had a lot of ideas in his head. I have to point out quickly, but 72 Seasons seems to have a lot of similarities with their previous album, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Both were produced by Greg Fieldman, both had 12 tracks, both have a runtime of 77 minutes in length. The major difference is that this is the first album released post James going into rehab, similar to Saint Anger. However, it doesn't sound like... shit. There is nothing I can fault about the production quality of this record, and this should be expected from Metallica this far in their career, especially after parting ways with Bob Rock. But the band isn't getting any younger, so have they lost their edge and started to write slow tunes? No, not at all. In fact, some of these tunes are unusually fast tempo pieces like the short yet precise Luxe Turner or Rooms of Mirrors. It seems to be a growing trend in the Immortals of Metal that since the limitations of physical media has lessened, bands have started to write longer and longer albums. Iron Maiden is another example I can think of, and it can be daunting to approach an album with a runtime just slightly shorter than that of a Dream Theater medley piece. But if you have enough endurance like Dream Theater, then you can get through this. I won't sugarcoat it and say it's perfect from start to finish, and this should make for essential listening. To put it simply, it's not a bad record. Yes, there are songs they could have left off the record to trim it down, but the fact that we are getting a new Metallica album is leaving me in a mood of ecstasy. 
No, 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 stop that. We don't want to get a copyright claim. There are some really catchy songs like their first single, Luxe Turner, which would make for a great tune to hear live. Also, the beginning of the title track, 72 Seasons, shows off an ode to their previous influences from Diamond Head, sounding similar in tone and aggression. I wasn't sure how I felt about the song If Darkness Had a Son, but I'm coming around to it with its deeply twisted yet ambiguously worded lyrics. It could be interpreted as the temptations of vice, such as alcohol, which James recently battled again, but that's my take on the song. Sleepwalk My Life Away is yet another song I found extremely groovy with that plodding bass and drum combo and has a great hook within that takes you on that ride. Also, I must mention the album's closing track, Inamorata, as it is the band's longest piece put to record at just over 11 minutes long and is lyrically rather deep with its mid-pace and feels like a song that has a personality. Now, there are a few songs that I don't enjoy, and they feel rather bland and flavourless, or just like a cheap imitation of themselves. Take the song Too Far Gone, for example, and its intro riff, which sounds pretty familiar to their song Atlas Rise, and that takes away the impact from this song, which is a pretty solid piece otherwise. Also, on the song Sleepwalking My Life Away, which gives me Enter Sandman vibes when the main riff starts up. I know Metallica have used many famous bands riffs in the past and reworked them in a different key and tempo, but they made those ideas work, unlike these tracks. Meanwhile, some of these just feel half-baked. Speaking of, You Must Burn, You Must Be Joking worst track on the record. Probably one of the most annoying parts about this album is the large drum tracking throughout. This is not a dig at Lars or his drumming skills, so I think he's actually quite a talented drummer, but it does feel like the drumming is very full on for the entirety of this album. Take Room of Mirrors as an example. I remember years ago there was a comment that Lars had slowed down behind his kit, and it's like that comment got under his skin and his only drive now is to prove that he can be fast and powerful, but it lacks the tact of other styles the band have incorporated in their music. In the past, Metallica knew when to pull the reins back and let the song breathe for a bit, allowing it to gather that melodic side of them. It was a staple part of the Metallica writing process. Record a 7 plus minute track with two sections and kick up the tempo just in time for the second solo. A lot of the songs found on this album fall into two categories, which are either being a slow sludgy piece or one that goes full throttle with no letting up. This is fine for shorter songs like Luxe Turner, but on a song like Chasing the Light, it can feel a bit mononymous without a tempo shift. It feels like there is no growth on offer here, even though it's not a bad song. Many would cite that after Cliff passed away, they weren't able to recapture that essence, and to a degree that's true, but I think Jason really filled in his role more than an awesome bass player, with his assistance as songwriter during his tenor with the band. I'll always support their choice of Robert on bass, and I feel that he does a great job taking on this gig, but as a songwriter, I'm not entirely convinced. He has had more of a chance to flex on this album compared to his only contribution on Hardwired with his track Man Unkind. When you listen to his songs and the past one that I just mentioned, you can see a similar theme and techniques on display here. So before I give my final score, I must state that I will be revisiting this album with the help from a few other podcasters. So be sure to check out that episode when it comes out. Overall, I give this album a score of 6 million chilies on the spicy scale, with my favourite tracks being Luxe Turner, Sleepwalking Life Away, Room of Mirrors, and 72 Seasons. To have patience is to be a fan of bands like Metallica. But after supporting the Parramatta Eels for 20 plus years, I have nothing but patience. 
It's been 20 years since Rob joined the band, and excluding Saint Anger, they have released three albums during that time. With the band's gravitas and time between releases, we as fans have high expectations, and if we don't feel like they have been met, then we are quick to write them off. As someone more elegantly put it, 72 seasons, more like 72 reasons for the mute button. The wait has been long, and this album hasn't lived up to my impossibly high standards. But I wrote them off after Death Magnetic and was blown away when Hardwide dropped. So that's on me for this release. The good thing is the band aren't stopping and are writing songs that are still in line with their style. It would be untenable to expect another Master of Puppets or Black album, but my view might shift a little bit with a few more playthroughs of this album. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to drop a like and subscribe if you can, because that helps my small channel. And as always, people, you have a great day and stay spicy. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Live Listener Race. And if you have enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with all your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our Chili Con Carnage crew so you can get notified for all the future videos that we put out, as we put out videos every Friday. Also, we are on Discord, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter over at Live Listener Race, so make sure to tune in over there. And don't forget to like this video so that our manager can stay very happy.